Hi, if you're looking for greater hope, assurance, and confidence through the shifting sands of life, then join me on today's episode as we dig deep into the Bible to discover rock-solid truth for life and living from the God of the Bible. I'm your host, Scott Keffer. Seven. We're going to read verses one through six in the New American Standard. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, And behold, the log is in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take out the log in your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So it's clear here, the Lord Jesus says, do not judge. Do not judge. Again, quoted often by unbelievers, often brought to your attention. The Christians are not supposed to judge, right? That's what he says here. Do not judge. However, he also says here in in John chapter 7, judge with righteous judgment. Wait a minute. Do not judge. Or judge with righteous judgment. Which is it? So here's my question. What do you do when scripture seems to contradict itself? You look at other scripture? What else? Surrounding context. Context. Very important, right? Anything else? That's whether more leaders. Yeah, yeah. See... Look at what's the historical, right? Right? Other strong, right? Believers, right? So, one thing we shouldn't do is just ignore it. Okay, so more fully informed is an understanding that the things of God, of course, are as high as the heavens are above the earth. So, some things we're not, we don't come to full clarity on. When you run into to something in scripture which seemingly contradicts itself, these are the things we look for. What are the other scriptures? How do they more fully inform us? Right? What's the context in which we read this? Is there a, what's the historical view on it within the church? Right? And then uh, we look for other you know, strong, strong believers, teachers about uh, the scripture. So in here, he says, do not judge. The word judge means to distinguish, to, to, by the way, literally the English word decide comes from the same word as homicide. It means to kill off all the other alternatives. So by its nature, right, to decide has the idea of by implication to try it, to, to um, render a judgment, to condemn it and punish it. In the in an evil sense, right? So he gives us some context here. He says, "Do not judge, so that you will not be judged." For he says, "For in the way in which you judge, for in the way, 
So that's what goes in the quotes. We're in the way. He's saying, so there's a way in which you judge. Part of the issue is the way in which you judge. Or it's in the way in which you judge. And then he gives an example for us to see. Here's what it looks like. Very specific example. So he says, you look at the speck in your brother's eye, right? You do not notice the log in your own. You look at the speck in your brother's eye. So that's what that space is. He says, you look at. So it's starting to think about that. He says, first of all, he says, you look at the speck in your brother's eye. You look at, you look at. So thinking about that, what, what, what does that mean? I mean, what, 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 are you, what are you looking at when you, when you see a picture? What is it that you focus on? So to the left of it, you should write focal point. How many photographers do we have here? Any photographers? What's focal point mean? So in a picture, it's not necessarily the center of the picture. True photographers really are saying, what is it that is the focal point in this picture? So sometimes it could be the, the something in the background, something in the foreground. Is it the person? Is it the surrounding, right? The focal point means essentially what is the picture designed to bring to the to light? So the question is, as you go through life, right? So when a photographer pulls up a camera, they're looking for the focal point. So they're framing up, but they're looking for the focal point. So he's saying that generally, as you move through life, you are focal pointing on the speck in your brother's eyes. And that's what you see. And he says, you do not notice that you have a log in your own eye. A very visual picture. Like you can't get the, the camera to your own eye because you have a log in your eye. Do not notice. So this is the idea of what are you looking at? So he says, what are you looking at on a general basis? This issue of do not judge, he's saying is, what are you looking at, right? That's the first part of it. The second, he said, you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, right? You say to your brother. And so I thought, what does that mean? I think. But over volunteering. So the first issue is a focal point issue. The other is you are over volunteering. You are regularly volunteering to help point out the speck in your brother's eye. And you not only are volunteering to, to point it out, you're volunteering to take it out. Because he said, what's he say? Let me take out the speck out of your eye. So part of this issue is this idea of you've got the wrong focal point and you're over-volunteering. Let me take it out. Not just let me point it out, let me take it out. So Jesus said, here's the, his response to this. He said, you hypocrite. So he defines this is what it looks like. This is a hypocrite when it comes to judging. Or in other words, this is hypocritical judgment. You've got the wrong focal point and you're over-volunteering. So Sam Storm says, judgmental criticism that is self-righteous, hypocritical, and destructive. You can underline destructive. So there's the, the ultimate. 
So the space there is self-righteous. So the very first thing he says is, it is, right? The judgment that you're not to do is self-righteous judgment. It's judgmental criticism. Garther says the Pharisees became oppressively, oppressively judgmental of other people, right? There's a part in scripture where he says you lay, you lay up burdens on the backs, heavy loads on the backs, right? You're laying up heavy loads. He says they condemned, condemned and they criticized. They were censorious, right? Overcritical. They were unmerciful, unforgiving, unkind, lacking grace, so the, the seven, the second scripture is unmerciful. They were self-righteous, and it was unmerciful, unmerciful judgment. Doc said the censorious critic is a fault finder. Fault finder. Who's negative, destructive toward other people. And enjoys actively seeking out their failings. You can underline it. Actively seeking out their failings. That has to do with focal point. He puts the worst possible construction on their motives. He pours cold water on their schemes and is ungenerous toward their mistakes. So self-righteous, unmerciful, and hypercritical. Scott, sounds like social media. Well, so let's define it. Social media is not anything. Social media is just a media in which with, with anonymity, yes. you can become even more self-righteous, unmerciful, and hypercritical. Thank you. Right? So when there's, when there's anonymity, it allows us to be even more. Right? So the difference is, of course, people are that way, not means. I mean, TV can be that way, you know, newspapers can be that way, verbal can be, it's just harder to be that way to somebody's face, you know, when I, when I put up uh, the uh, anonymity, that it's easier. So self-righteous, unmerciful, hypercritical is what kind of judgments he's talking about. So the first thing he says is, um, uh, you have a, you, you have a way. He also says, there is a standard. He says, your standard of measure. So he says, you have a way and you also have a standard, your standard of measure. Disposition to look unfavorably on the character and action of others, which leads invariably to the pronouncing of rash, unjust, and unlovely judgments upon them. So self-righteous, unmerciful, unfavorable, and hypercritical. So he said he says in there, and so the point is as I go through here, you think about self-righteous, unmerciful, unfavorable, hypercritical. Um, what I want you to do is bring to mind the person who you need to call to account for this. Because this this lesson is about for you pointing this out in the lines of others. So this is a we call it PTO proper brother. This is a lesson for others. How many, let's be honest, how many actually thought of someone else? Come on, you better raise your hand. You have a problem. How many have a problem? With of course. Isn't it our nature? It, it, 
So it, it is important that you go through here and say that is our, our natural state. You go, oh, you know who this could hear this, right? I hope he's recording this. I'm gonna send a copy anonymously. So and so. I saw that person this morning. I did too. It was when I got up and went to brush my teeth. So he says there's a way. So he's talking about the way in which, right? So he says, for in the way you judge. So there's a way in which we judge. Right. And and I would suggest it's natural in our sinfulness. This is the way we tend to. It's just our nature. He also says there is a standard that you use, your standard of measure. Right? Because he says, and by your standard of measure, you it, it will be measured to you. So McKnight says, if you judge charitably, make proper allowances for the frailties of your brethren are ready to pity and pardon their faults. God and man will deal with you in the same kind manner. But if you always put the worst construction on everything that it will bear and are not touched with the feeling of your brother's infirmities and show no mercy in the opinions you form in their character and actions, no mercy will be shown to you. So I said, so if you think about yourself, now it's, we need to judge ourselves. On the one side, I put, okay, so no mercy, right? So the, the, your standard is no mercy. Then I thought, well, so what's on the other side? What would be on the other side? And initially, that's what I thought, mercy, right? Mercy. But I thought, no, that's actually not the case. Not the case. Over on the other side, right, the total opposite of no mercy would be no standard. Right? It wouldn't be no standard at all, right? Because that would seemingly, right, it wouldn't be all, wouldn't be merciful like I have no standard at all. So the opposite of no mercy is no standard. So here's the question, is no mercy the right standard? No, we would say no mercy, right? Is no standard the right standard? You, how can you judge, right? Right, Bible talks about uh, just weights. How can you judge if you don't have a weight? Right, the only way to judge a right weight is if you have an appropriate weight. So in the middle, right, would be an appropriate, right, appropriate standard with mercy. So if we if we had no standard, it would be out of balance here. If we had no mercy, it would be out of balance there. So in the middle, a balanced approach, balanced approach in the middle would be balanced with an appropriate standard, right? With, with mercy, because by its nature to, to go back up, to distinguish, to decide, to differentiate requires that I compare with something. The only way you can, you can ask it, if, if a picture's out of level is if there is a level, if there's a level standard. If we have no standard, then, and he says, here's what you should do, hypocrite, verse five. What's, what, what's Jesus saying to do? Go and help your brother with the speck in his eye. Is that what he says? What's he say? First, focus on your own sanctification. He's saying, if you can take the log out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to help your brother. He doesn't say don't. He just says, first, 
focus on your own sanctification. Then take the log uh, or take the uh, speck out of your brother's eye. But the winter, I thought this is not clear. You have to be discerning in order to be able to judge appropriately. You have to be discerning. So John 7, 24, he says, do not judge according to appearance, right? But judge with righteous judgment. So judge righteously. Underline righteously. So here's some guidelines. So we need, we need to be able to think and evaluate appropriately in order to be able to judge appropriately, right? And what's interesting is he is, is he ends this in case it, it to be misunderstood that we are never to apply judgment. What does he say in verse six? Somebody read verse six. Do not give what is holy to dogs. <clears throat> Do not throw your pearls before swine, and they will trample them under their feet and turn the tear you tear you to pieces. So Jesus just said. Some people are dogs, and some people are like swine. Some people are like dogs, some are like swine. Do not give what is holy to dogs. And this comes up again if you go to Philippians, or uh, where is it? yeah, Philippians 3. Let me read verse 2. There, there it is again. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. So it's not, it's not without calling a spade a spade, if you will, we would say, right? Calling a spade. So I put on there, use critical discernment. So at the end of that, in case you would say, well, it means never, never, never pass judgment on anybody or anything, well, that would that would be inappropriate because he just says, by the way, know who are dogs and and don't give what is holy to dogs and don't cast your pearls before a swine. Use critical discernment. If you go to First Corinthians, he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with immoral people, verse 9, chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians. By its nature, he's saying, do not associate with immoral people, which would suggest, okay, so how do I define immoral? I have to apply judgment, appropriate judgment, right? Uh, I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with covetous swindlers, idolaters, but then you would have to go out of the world. You'd have to leave the world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he's an immoral person or covetous, idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders do you not judge those who are within the church? Those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourself, which suggests the need for judgment. Those who are within the church, in the fellowship of the church. In the early first hundred years, I think it's called the, the Dash, the Didac, what's it called? Uh, like the, the, from the early fathers. Literally said, if they if someone hadn't been baptized, they don't get the Eucharist. So they were, and they were, they applied this verse essentially. 
So some application of what does that mean, right? What does that mean? Certainly to be within the context of the church and the leadership of the church, but to understand judgment occurs there. The next guideline I put, I put judge with a double-edged sword, not a double standard, double-edged sword. What would be the difference? So what would the double standard be? The word is a, is a double-edged sword. So in judgment, it would be, I, I have a standard for you, which is different than the standard for me. So it usually would look like I'm a lot more legalistic with you than I am with me, more gracious with me, more law with you, right? So a double standard would be to judge differently. Scripture calls that differing weights, right? That I apply different standard to other people than I apply to myself. A double-edged sword would understand that whatever sword I use to, 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 to judge others will be the sword at which God and I will be judged. It's a great reminder, right, that we judge with a double-edged sword. Reminder, I, am I applying the same standard to myself as I do to other people? And, of course, by implication, what would this suggest? It would be our nature to apply a double standard, not the double-edged sword. Just recognizing that that is the nature of sin. That I'm going to call you to an account that I don't call myself to. Or at least I struggle with that. You may not think. Then he says, then I put in judge actions and leave motives to God. Judge actions and leave motives to God. Let me read 1 Corinthians 4 or 5. Yeah, so God knows, man, the motives of the heart. Only God can do that, right? God knows the motives of the heart. So if you find yourself either internally or in your, your, your language judging the motives of others, just recognizing I can't, I can't really judge the motives of others. I'm really good at it, though. I'm really good at it. 4.12, because if, 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 sanctification, if we are to focus on our own sanctification, it says first take the log out of your own eye. Let me read for uh, Hebrews 4.12. So if you say, if, if, if you think about application, what he says, here's what you should do. First take the log out of your own eye. So the, the way to go even below the surface here with motives or to be where in his word it's his word it's his word and his presence because he says in verse 13 of chapter 4 there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do which is why daily face-to-face one-on-one time with god in his word where his word and his spirit can search and bring your motives to light is the best place to be. Because one of the, 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 the best antidotes to, to judgment, or at least uh, a standard of judgment, which is inappropriate, is confession of your own sin. Right? To daily recognize your own sin. When you do that, it's, it, it's hard to, to wield uh, a, a heavy sword when you're regularly applying it first to yourself. 
when you apply your standard first to yourselves. So daily time sitting with the Lord in his word, when you allow it to search, search me, Lord. David Christ, search me and know me. See, if the, see, see the evil way, see the hurtful way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. Regular confession of your own sin is a great antidote to uh, a judgmental spirit whose God will reveal the thoughts and intentions of your heart. And as scripture says, the heart is deceptively wicked. Not just wicked, it's deceptively wicked. It's easy to deceive yourself, isn't it? It's easy to deceive yourself. That's why I say even, even praying out loud, praying out loud, because I can, I can say stupid things in my head when I'm talking to God. When I pray them out loud, I think, that just sounds stupid. What do you, you know, when you listen to your own words, you go, oh, that doesn't really make sense. And, you know, if you want to write your judgmental spirit, Lord, forgive me. Have mercy upon me. Forgive me for... The next guideline I put on there, stay away from the gray. Stay away from the gray. What do I mean? Secondary, irrelevant. Yeah, that's right. Stuff I have a personal conviction about, but it's gray stuff in scripture. But that's fun, though. It's really fun. What's wrong with that? Did you see so-and-so drinking beer? Oh, my. They smoke cigarettes? I think the, uh, the story of, uh, who is it, uh, Moody and Spurgeon, I think the story goes. He showed up at, at, at Spurgeon's house. And he said something like, you know, who are you, a man of God smoking? Right? He had his cigar there, and he said, who, who are you, a man of God so fat? Something like that, you know. Right? So firing away in the gray, you know. Stay away from the gray. Stay away from the grave. The judging is so fun. Come on. So what is it about judging that makes it so fun? What is it? I put you down and I lift me up, right? I figure out the standard that works to put you down and, and pick me up. And even if I have to weigh it one side to the other, right? Because oftentimes I don't, we're not talking about the same sin. I'll, I'll pick an area where where I have it more together than you. And then I'll go like, yeah. yeah. So recognizing that to core that, we want to feel better about ourselves. We want to feel better about ourselves. So in Galatians 6, go to Galatians 6, burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he's something, and he's nothing, he, deserves, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he'll have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. So examination, he said, begins with yourself. Sanctification with yourself. Each one will bear his own load. So I put on there, seek healing and restoration. Seek healing and restoration. Right, so he says, restore one in a spirit of gentleness, right? Seek healing and restoration. So, of course, judge false doctrines and false teachers. For sure, for sure, for sure, scripture's really clear about that. 
that call names of Hymenius and Philetus. He names them by name. So he has no problem with that. So judge false doctrine. And then lastly, in Romans 12, verse 3 says, Through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Sound judgment. Well, I would say not only to think more highly of yourself, that it's equally inappropriate to think more lowly of yourself. There are some people who are stuck in the lowly, right? Right? I'm just constantly berating myself, berating myself, berating myself. And I think it's equal. But it doesn't fulfill. So then you have to judge more. So that's because it doesn't work. So I guess I'll have to find somebody else. That's right. right. So I put on their sound and balanced judgment. He said, both for yourself, start with yourself. Not too highly is prideful, too lowly is prideful equally, right? Too lowly is prideful equally. Have balanced, seek sound and balanced judgments. So he says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. When we talk about it's the way in which you judge, right? The way in which you judge and the standard of measure that you use. And then fundamentally, we should begin with our own sanctification, right? Balance judgment of our own uh, self before we apply it to others. Judge righteously, use discernment, critical. Focus on a double-edged sword, not a double standard. Leave the motives to God. Stay away from the gray and seek healing and restoration. So put an application down. And let's share some. I assure you, I won't judge you on your insight. Next time you give us all the answers, can you also fill out that application part? <laughs> I'm happy because I'd rather have an application for you than I would for me. <laughs> it's always much easier. Yes. Right? Trouble. Yeah, so the comment on, on the judge versus jury, I think that would be an um, the application would be the process don't come to quick judgment but at the end of the day it does say you have to come to a judgment you do have to right you do have to come to a conclusion you have to distinguish you have to decide yeah so you still do it's just don't come to hasty right you know be 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 be, be have to have a process right of course you here don't be quick to judge I mean, there's a lot of people that shot, fired great shots at him. I, I have no idea, you know. I always think, you know, I'm, I'm that close to where Rabbi Zacharias is, you know. That might not be my area. It, it might be another area for someone else. That would be one. <laughs> slow, slow, slow to, to, uh, to bring judgment, slow to cast stones. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you who are without sin, the first, yeah, because we could say, Well, I'm just not going to judge at all, then I avoid any issue with it. But that would scripture saying, No, Jesus saying you should, but as a, as a help for us, right? And even I think about Rabbi Zacharias, so what's the lesson? It'd be good, it's good to look at his life and say, What's the lesson rather than go, Here's another leader that fell. Well, that's not helpful. Well, 
you know, what, what can I learn from Ravi Zacharias and that I can apply to my own self, right? Did he not have, you know, appropriate, you know, accountability around him? I mean, what, what can we really learn from that in a, in a positive, yeah, in a positive sense? When I, when I get with God, it's not possible to not need his mercy. Amen. You see him upon his throne, you see him in his holiness and his righteousness to cry out for mercy and to, to wonder, here I am again, like, here I am again, Lord, here I am again. Didn't, were we just on this, you know, two hours ago or yesterday or, you know, right. here I am again, have mercy, have mercy. So it, it, when, when you're crying for mercy, it's much easier to, to uh, apply mercy into the lives of others. I love that mercy triumphs over judgment. So at the end of the day, we're called to judge. Judge appropriately. Yeah. Amen. And, and judge righteously is what he says. Judge righteously. And his righteousness includes uh, his judgment and his mercy and weaving it all together. I'm grateful that he does it. So we start with he does it. He does it appropriately. We have God who is merciful and for that we're grateful. Well, Roger, if you would uh, close us, please, in prayer. So, Father God, thank you for, again, reminding us that your word is truth and uh, your standards are firm. You give us direction here on how to make assessments, how to discern not only others, but more importantly, how to discern our own motives, our own conduct, our own behaviors. So, Father, instill these truths in our heart. May we be careful in our judgments. May we be um, discerning. May we be balanced. May we extend mercy where it is needed. May we extend uh, criticism where it is needed. So, Father, um, show us our faults. Show us where we need to go, where we need to um, be merciful where we need to be critical. Thank you for uh, Scott's teaching, for the preparation. I pray blessing on those who are part of our group this morning. Be with us as we go about our day and our next week. Bring us uh, back together again. And, and Father, just as we enter into this Advent season, we pray, Father, for a Christ-centered Christmas celebration in 2021. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And may the God of all grace, may he bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance and grant you his shalom deep in your soul this week that you walk in the power of his spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope you have greater hope, assurance, and confidence in your life and a deeper trust in the God of the Bible and His Son, Jesus Christ. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you His peace, His shalom in your soul and in your life. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you.